the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Welcome to Wednesday. Feels like a Monday, but it's a Wednesday. Aren't we all lucky we get to do this and have a short week? I hope your long holiday weekend was long and was a holiday. And you actually spent some time thinking about the reason you had a long holiday. I hope you enjoyed chaos and clarity. I I was just so... Happy to be a part of it and thrilled at the way it came out. I received so many nice messages from many of you who said, hey, that was great. Well, thank you. Uh, I have to give credit to the the big brains who were really behind it and putting it together. Doc Thompson and Sarah put it together. And uh, Doc is, is always driving on those projects. I love him for that. But uh, great, great to be back. I I did play a lot of golf. I am uh, tired of golf for a while, so I'm happy to get back into the news cycle. So much going on. Some of it just insanely stupid. But I want you to be part of the sane part of it. I want you to be part of the actual positive moving forward on things. Now today, yeah, you should weigh in. Today, you should be a part of this show. How do you do it? The phones are open, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. We have a lot to talk about. I already posted a vital question of the day on the Twitter this morning, very early, because it was bugging me all weekend. Do you think President Trump needs to apologize to CNN? And the question came up because uh, CNN this morning, one of their anchors, an anchor, not a commentator, a news anchor, talked about the person who made the CNN video meme and uh, the little videotape with their their logo in, in place of Vince McMahon's head, claiming he apologized and then pausing and saying, Your turn, Mr. President. So CNN's expecting an apology, and I just want to know if you think CNN is doing an apology. Just wondering. You can see it. It's on the Twitter, at StuntBrain. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter profile, at StuntBrain, all one word. And you can weigh in if you want. But I I have to, and it's already 92% say no, and 5% say yes, and 3% can't make up their minds. They're lost somewhere in the abyss. But I'm really steaming this morning. I'm steaming mad at the, the neighbors to the north, the Canadians. I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned beyond any comprehension of what Canada is doing. Canada, the Canadian courts have said that um, they need to pay 10 million Canadian bucks, which is about 8 million American dollars. 10 million, 10.5 million Canadian dollars need to be paid to a man who was held in Gitmo, in Guantanamo Bay. 
the man is a Canadian. Uh, he spent 10 years in Gitmo. And why was he in Gitmo? Well, he was fighting. He was fighting against American troops in Afghanistan. And the Canadian government's going to pay him $10.5 million Canadian. Think about that. The guy's name is Omar Kadir. Omar Kadir. He's 30. He sued the Canadian government because they did not protect him. And he claimed they conspired with the American captors, who he also claims, uh, well, he claims we abused him while he was in our capture. Now, here's the deal with this guy. Omar Kadir admitted to throwing a hand grenade in 2002 in a firefight in Afghanistan. All right, let's dial it back. 2001, we're attacked by Al-Qaeda. The World Trade Center goes down. Almost 3,000 people die. We go overseas to root out Al-Qaeda to find Osama bin Laden. As we are there fighting in that battle, this guy engages in the battle. He throws a hand grenade. It kills a member of the U.S. Army Special Forces. It also severely wounded another member of the U.S. Army. The man who was killed, Sergeant First Class Christopher Spear, Special Forces. The man who was wounded, Sergeant Lane Morris, severely wounded. He's blind in one eye as well. Now, this, this guy, Omar Kadir, admits he threw the hand grenade. He was also 15 at the time of the event. He was 15 years old, but he was fighting on the side of Al-Qaeda. We capture him. We lock him up. He spends 10 years in Gitmo. And in um, 2010, we reached a plea agreement with him that I guess would send him back to Canada. But in that plea agreement, he, he admits to actually throwing the hand grenade. He gets back to Canada and decides he needs to sue the country for not taking care of him because he was, he was there. Now, here's the weird part about this. This guy, this, this convicted terrorist who Obama released because Obama, okay, you, you get it. This convicted terrorist has, has found a way to use the system in Canada and get 10.5. He originally sued for 20 million Canadian dollars. He's going to get 10.5. And his family has some very interesting, curious connections. Kadir's dad was born in Egypt, and he was accused of being an Al-Qaeda money man with ties to bin Laden. Kadir's dad, Ahmad Kadir, brought his family to Pakistan and Afghanistan, where he reportedly met al-Qaeda figures, including bin Laden, had terrorism training, and then he was killed by Pakistani troops. The dad was killed in 2003. Does this not make anybody crazy? We have somebody who killed an American in combat, 
He also wounded, severely wounded another. The man is blind in one eye. And now he sued Canada because he claims he was not protected by by the Canadian government and they were in league with America. He pled guilty to murder, attempted murder, providing material support for terrorism, spying and conspiracy, and under a condition that he would serve most of the sentence in Canada. He got an eight-year sentence with no time served. And in 2012, he was transferred from Gitmo to his homeland in Canada. In 2015, a judge granted him bail, and he was appealing his convictions. The appeal is still going on, but it was after he was out on bail, he decided to file this suit. Now, this guy, this guy is going to get 10 and a half million Canadian bucks from the government of Canada. Canadians, how the hell do you justify this? How in the hell do you, do you allow this to happen? This guy is a convicted terrorist. First of all, I, I have no idea what he's doing out on bail. It, it's insane. He was supposed to be at, in, in jail in Canada until at least 2012. Thanks, Obama. Now, the, the American side of this, Sergeant Morris and Sergeant Spears' widow sued Kadir in U.S. court. They sued unlawful death, winning $134 million in the judgment. Uh, they're not going to get any money from this guy unless Canada says, hey, we need to give that money straight to those Americans. At least it might help out a little bit. Tabitha Spear, the sergeant's widow. I'm sure she could use some help. I'm sure Sergeant Morris could also use support. Canada, uh, in typical Canadian fashion, says um, no comment from the public safety of Canada because uh, settlements are private. Well, the news is out. You, you guys are trying to give... 10 and 10.5 million Canadian buckos to a guy who killed one American, severely wounded another. This is, this, there's no way this should have gone forward. No way. And it makes me wonder, in fact, what the hell we're doing focusing on building a wall across the Mexican border. If this is what's coming out of Canada, if these are the kind of people Canada will support over, over the American military, over the American people who will fight for freedom, I wonder why the hell we're not building a wall along the Canadian border. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. 
Welcome back to Bureau Pelka. Yeah, that, that Canadian story really, really got me angry. And I know some of you are Canadians. And some of you are conservatives. We have uh, conservative friends who live in Canada, and I'm sure they're upset about it too. I, I would hope that maybe the State Department would get involved and say, Hey, uh, Canada, hello. Can we uh, can we maybe take a look at this? You're going to give this guy ten and a half million, and I'm sure his lawyers already got gotten a hold of a chunk of it, or will get hold of a chunk of it. But how's about we take care of the people he injured and or killed? Just crazy. You heard Glenn back talking a lot about um, the story of the. The video, John, Donald Trump uh, from the World Wrestling Federation, the World Wrestling Entertainment, that old videotape that had the CNN logo. See, I, I turned off pretty much most of news television from Saturday to last night, yesterday afternoon. And I still saw a good portion of outrage over this. And here's what I don't get. CNN, CNN rumored to be going after this person who posted it. There were rumors that it was a 15-year-old. And now apparently CNN saying, no, not true. Not true. Not a 15-year-old. Was an adult. Uh, that, that fact, the fact uh, whether or not this, this person who made video with Trump's face and then uh, the CNN logo covering up Vince McMahon's face, that doesn't matter if, in fact, CNN said we reserve the right to post the person's identity depending on what they do. Well, CNN just released a statement on on this whole story saying, quote, CNN decided not to publish the name of the Reddit user out of concern for his safety. Oh, did you? Any assertion the network blackmailed or coerced him is false. All right. They went on to say the user, who is an adult male, not a 15-year-old boy, apologized and deleted his account before ever speaking with our reporter. CNN never made any deal of any kind with the user. In fact, CNN included its decision in its included its decision to withhold the user's identity in an effort to be completely transparent that there was no deal. Well, it's interesting they would say that. And you can dive into the words here that say, um, CNN never made any deal of any kind with the user. In fact, CNN included its decision to withhold. Oh, they say here um, he deleted his account before ever speaking with our reporter. I wonder if that means the account was deleted before the person was contacted by CNN because CNN may have sent written notices to this person. Maybe, maybe I'm just saying there, there may have been uh, a case here. We, we need to know more. We need to know a lot more here. I'm to say I'm dubious of CNN is to be an understatement, especially when we saw the videos last week from project Veritas, which seemed to show CNN producers totally obsessed 
with the Russia situation without any attention to, oh, I don't know, those pesky things called facts. So CNN, uh, I'm dubious. I'm going to remain dubious until such time (laughs) as you guys maybe address the videotapes from James O'Keefe until you answer what the heck that was all about. Was that real? What about Van Jones? You know, it's it's just really strange to me. And I, I go back to the uh, original statement that showed up uh, saying CNN is not publishing Han A-Hole Solo's name because he is a private citizen who has issued an extensive apology, showed his remorse by saying he has taken down all of his offending posts, and because he has said... He is not going to repeat this ugly behavior on social media again. In addition, he said his statement could serve as an example to others not to do the same. CNN reserves the right to publish his identity should any of that change. Which, if those are the words from CNN, CNN's making the rules here in social media. CNN certainly is using its global reach and power to tell this person how they should act. We will expose you if you dare not to follow our directions. As long as you remain a good, a good person, meaning as long as you support what we want to support, we will go and and leave you in anonymity. This is a little disturbing to me. This in conjunction with the the anchor who this morning said live on television, your turn, Mr. President. I'm wondering what CNN has to threaten the president with. What else could be out there? I don't know. Keep following. Keep voting. And uh, if you want to weigh in, 888-900-3393. Now, um, 14 people killed in a mass shooting. I don't know if you've seen this anywhere. It's not really being posted anywhere. And here in America, 14 people killed, dead from gunfire. Um, I would have expected some sort of noise demanding gun control, demanding that, uh, that we make it tougher to own a gun. But the 14 people who died from Friday through 4th of July, Tuesday, 101 were shot, by the way. 101 people were shot. 14 died. Chicago. We'll talk about Chicago and guns and, and the audacity of the Chicago mayor to mock the New York City subways on the same weekend that his city was awash a with blood. Yeah, the hypocrisy is astounding. We'll deal with it next on Piero Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. By the way, usually a Wellness Wednesday discussion would happen here with our buddy, Dr. Jorge. Dr. Jorge had two days out of the office, which means his patients are all backed up <laughs> in his waiting room. So there won't be a Wellness Wednesday today uh he will be back next week and and he said uh, he apologizes but if you want to watch him tonight uh he'll be i'll tweet out a link to his podcast tonight he's going to weigh in and i'm curious to see how he did over the over the independence day weekend when there were so many temptations but we'll check in on that i'll get to the chicago uh, shooting numbers in a couple of minutes uh ralph is on the phone from Virginia, I think. Hi, Ralph. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mike. How about you, sir? How's your holiday? Uh, good, good, restful holidays. I couldn't quite get past uh, the 68th hot dog. Otherwise, I had Joey Chestnut in my sights. I, I was going to take him <laughs> down. But, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just getting too old for this competitive eating thing. Yeah, I don't think so. You're all right. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, you're you got a thought on the CNN uh, situation? Yeah, a little, a little theory. What do you think about CNN paying this guy to do that, knowing that uh, Trump, you know, would jump on it just to, uh, you know, just to, you know, keep it going, you know, keep oh. the punching, you know, going back and forth. I, so you think this could have been this whole thing could have been dreamed up by CNN? Why not? I mean, you know, they're they're you know they're, they're getting ready. You know, they're in the tank. You know, so they got they got to do something to bring some you know some some kind of attention to them besides being fake news. Wow. See, I I try not to go automatically to. Uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. I, I plus I have a tendency to think, even if CNN did create this character or said, "Hey, let's get somebody that we know to make this video and have them post it on Reddit," how can you be sure that the White House would take the bait? It's it's Donald Trump. Anything <laughs> anything with his name in it, he's going to jump on it like a. Yeah, like, like a bass on a June bug, as we used to say. Yeah, That's exactly right. I, you know, you can you can say that, uh, Ralph. Um, I, I think I think it's hit or miss because you know there are a lot of people out there trying to troll the president, and you're right that that I don't know how CNN would know that an obscure post on a Reddit site on a Reddit thread would would then get the president to bite. That's a, to me, that's a little bit of a reach. I've seen other, um, other conspiracy. You're not an Alex Jones listener, are you? No, I can't stand that guy. Okay, just checking, because, you know, he's peddling all kinds of conspiracy theories. This is an interesting one, Ralph, but um, I, I have to tell you, I, I would take a pass on that one, because I think too many... If he could be traced, can you imagine the story the guy would have to tell to the rest of the media? Oh, CNN paid me to do it. That'd be big trouble, I would think. You know, 
I but that's think, just me. I think CNN's got enough to uh, to throw enough dirt on top of it to to make it disappear. Well, we'll we'll watch. It's certainly going to be interesting. Now, I think that the the anonymity of the guy and uh, the follow up today is going to put more pressure on somebody knows who this is. Somebody else out there knows who this person is, and they're it's going to be tough to keep their mouths shut. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a yeah, tough subject. Well, as long as it's not coming from inside the White House, I guess. Yeah, and the White House is pretty busy right now. They got a busy week, so uh, you know I'm I'm hoping they'll have a successful week this week. I thought the the address to the vets and uh, to to the nation was really strong. I thought the president was great over the Independence Day weekend. So other other than Absolutely. that little present, that was the only thing that kept me going. Oh, okay, do we really need this? Do we really need to see this? But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anything else, Ralph, before I uh, dive back into the mess here? Just want to let you know I'm heading back across to California to drop off some, some more furniture. Well, California, there's furniture coming. And you know what? That's You're right. safe to defend yourself in California as that judge upheld the confiscation of the, of the large capacity magazine. So uh, there's some common sense popped up in California at the end of last week. So that's a good thing. Well, they need it. Yeah, they sure do. Well, take care, my brother. Drive safely. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Thank you. Another one of our over-the-road truckers out there following the pure Opelka faithful. Uh, a myriad topics to get to. Uh, do, do we get into? I, I need a little more time on Chicago. Do, you know what I do want to do? I want to discuss this congressman from Louisiana who's being criticized for um, the selfie video that he took inside the Auschwitz gas chamber. This is a really interesting story. This is a story about uh, Representative Clay Higgins of Louisiana, a Republican. And um, he visited the Nazi concentration camp Auschwitz in, in Poland. And he's getting a very, a very hard time from many who are offended. And I will bet you, I will bet you most of the people who are offended on Twitter did not watch Higgins' video at all. Didn't watch 10 seconds of it. And I'm going to give you a little flavor of it. Because I think Clay Higgins, who I believe has been on this show before, I believe it was a long time ago. But I believe Clay Higgins had his heart in the right place. The, the uh, website NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana, N-O-L-A.com, posted the five-minute video that he made. And it says, just in time for Independence Day, U.S. Representative Clay Higgins has a video message for America. But instead of visiting constituent cookouts, shooting off fireworks and waving the flag, Higgins delivers a stark dispatch from the Nazis Auschwitz concentration camp in Poland. And it, I'll just play you a little bit of the beginning because I really do think, I really do think that you can, you can call this a selfie video, but I think he was actually trying to do something good. Could be a railroad anywhere, right? It's railroad tracks. Except for this one's at Auschwitz, Birkenau. 
the expansion of Auschwitz, where four more large gas chambers were built. They could murder 2,000 people at a time. On these rails rode those poor souls, hauled in from all over Europe. It says many as 20, 25 percent of them died on the train. Because sometimes the trip was seven, eight, ten days. Had no food or water. Eventually, those that survived the trip ended up here on these rails. It's a cell phone video that he took as you saw the railroad tracks leading into Auschwitz, as you saw the tracks that you know met, meant certain death, basically, to everybody that rode those rail cars, those cattle cars. I don't think Clay Higgins was doing this to promote himself. I think Clay Higgins was trying to be a student of history. He walked inside the museum and showed the piles of shoes, the horrific pile of shoes that brings into focus the numbers of people who were murdered, ruthlessly killed by Hitler and the Nazis. He shows the empty cans of the poison that was used to destroy the lives, to snuff out the lives. He shows the cells. He shows the ovens. He shows the cells where the people would suffocate. I don't think this guy did this to make himself bigger. I think this was a, a lesson that he learned that he wanted to share. I think this was, I actually think this is a, a pretty interesting thing. And Say I'm crazy, but I think he's giving a valid and vital message to the world. Here's the end of the statement. The world's a smaller place now than it was in World War II. The United States is more accessible to terror like this, horror like this. It's hard to walk away from gas chambers and ovens without a very sober feeling of commitment, unwavering commitment to make damn sure that the United States of America is protected from the evils of the world. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think this was well within the boundaries of good taste. Uh, some people who are upset with this have not seen it. And I double dog dare you, anybody who says they're, they're over, their, over their limit on patience, on stuff like this. Watch it. This is not Clay Higgins doing this for Clay Higgins. I actually was touched by this too. He's wearing sunglasses because I think it's too much. I'll bet there are tears in his eyes. I'll tweet out a link to it. You watch it. You tell me. And we'll discuss. We'll discuss it with Dr. Wendy later in the show too. Because there are calls for him to resign. Stop. We're not the United States of being offended. We're better than that. And we can look at harsh realities like this. And we can, we can learn. I wish we'd all just stop being so damn offended by everything. It's okay to be mad. Just don't be offended when you don't have to. We'll be right back. 
On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I've told you guys about this for weeks now, weeks on end, and I I hope you're not doing what I did. Don't wait. If you're in pain, if you have chronic pain due to irritation in your joints, in your knees, your back, your hips, your neck, whatever. If it's inflammation, then Relief Factor may do for you what it did for me. It gave me my life back. I play golf every day this weekend. And I am feeling as if I, I was not out playing golf. I was able to be active virtually every day. And I will tell you, the one thing I do faithfully, regularly, I take Relief Factor breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day. I keep, keep the little packets. If you saw my computer bag, there's, there's a constitution in there. And there are packets of Relief Factor just in case I'm standed, stranded on a desert island. It helped me greatly after just eight days. It has been now over 12 weeks. I I don't take any over-the-counter pain meds. I don't take prescription meds. I tried the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. And most people see results, seven days, 10 days. For me, it was day eight. Call them, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or go to relieffactor.com and do the research yourself. But it worked for me, and the only regret I have is that I waited two months before starting it. And now it's a part of my life. And all those other things are not. All natural, anti-inflammatory, Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. Call them, 800-500-8384. I will tell you what. We played a little bit of the Clay Higgins Auschwitz video. We just played you a little bit. It's five minutes long. And I posted a link to it with a quick vital question, a bonus vital question today. And I would love to know where you guys stand. Uh, I have also called out uh, a very, very liberal, famous person who I happen to respect as a comic, but I disagree with her on this subject. Her name is Judy Gold. She is loud. She is brash. She is anti-anything Republican. And I, I've, I've said to Judy, I don't think you watch the video. I think if you watch the video all the way through, you would have a different feeling on what this is. You would have a different... And we're, we're going to try and reach out, see if we can get a hold of Representative Higgins. I think I have a connection to him. I've also called out Emily Zanotti. Our friend, our millennial buddy, who is, uh, I, I think, a good, clear thinker. And uh, she, she seemed to liken it to millennials taking selfies at inappropriate locations. Currently, 50% of you think it was appropriate. 25 say it's inappropriate, and 25% can't decide. And I could see that tug of war. I wonder, over the break, when we, when we go away for the headlines, Go to the link, watch the video, then come back and tell me what you think. I want to hear what you guys think. 
but watch the whole thing. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Or just go and vote on StuntBrain at StuntBrain.com. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, we're back. It is the second hour, and uh, what a great weekend we had here. It was hot. It was humid. It was mostly sunny, like a, a 95% of the time, so I hope you had the same. I hope you had some fun. I hope you were able to get out and just cut loose. And I also hope you gave some thought to why you were able to get out and cut loose. I think it's okay. It's okay to have a little fun on the holiday, but it's also okay to stop. As my dad and uncles were always fond of doing and reminding us why we're here, why we're not like the rest of the world, and why we should be proud of it and tell everybody else, hey, you could have this too. No, 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 no. You don't have to come here. You could come here, but you could have this too. Because you're born... You're all born with infinite possibilities, and sometimes geography prevents you from doing it, and sometimes you just need to make it happen. I know, I'm speaking in, in code today. I'm speaking, <laughs> it's like we're back at the family picnic and someone's had too many hot dogs. By the way, I did not get to Chicago for this, uh, this past Independence Day weekend usually a time when the Opelka and Briety and Tobin clans would get together and take over a city park and have all kinds of just fun, hanging out and telling stories on each other. But I did get a Chicago hot dog. There is a place here that now serves Chicago hot dogs. And if you've never had a Chicago-style hot dog, you get to Chicago and try it. Well, maybe now isn't the time to get to Chicago. I mentioned that earlier today. I mentioned it earlier today because Chicago had a um, kind of had a rough weekend for the Independence Day weekend. I don't know if you saw saw the numbers on Chicago, but um, if you want to see, I, I keep up with what my old hometown is doing. And especially in terms of how Chicago is fighting against gun violence. Well, in the month of June, Chicago had 77 people shot and killed. There were 400 people total shot in Chicago. 77 of those who were shot died. That's 77 homicides. Year to date, they're at 326. And um, Chicago had a, a, a pretty busy weekend, the entire weekend. 
the 4th of July weekend, the tally in, in one group I had seen was um, 101 shootings and 14 people passing away. Uh, they haven't updated the totals yet on Hey Jackass, which is the website that keeps track of Chicago. They're saying it was 12 homicides total and 89 shot, but the, the number I saw, July shot and killed uh, over the weekend, just the 4th of July weekend, 14. I guess that includes the last two days of, of uh, June, if you count fr- Friday. So Friday through Friday through the 4th of July holiday, 14. And Rahm Emanuel has the stones, the pelotes, the gall to come to New York and talk about not getting shot. Uh, at least in Chicago, people don't get shot on the subway. No, they just get shot everywhere else. And this, I think if this is 14 killed over the 4th of July weekend, this would be uh, more than double of last year where they had uh, six killed and 62 wounded. Uh, it beats 2015, which had 11 killed and 55 wounded. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if that happened not over a weekend, but happened in one day in a city? Why isn't this a big story? And why, in a city that has some of the toughest gun laws in the entire country, you can't go anywhere in Chicago without seeing a, your gun's not welcome here sign as you walk in. It's, it's just insane. And yet, legal gun ownership is a concept that is so foreign to these people. Legal gun ownership offends people. I've told you guys before, I have a sister who lives in the Chicago land area who hears the word gun and becomes apoplectic. Her blood pressure spikes. It, it's really, I don't understand it. And the only thing I think is really going on here is a lack of understanding and education. The thing is happening. The problem is happening because she does not fully understand the Second Amendment and actually the use of a firearm. And I would, I would hope and pray that my sister never needs to know that. I would hope and pray that she would eventually uh, take the time to understand it and take the time to educate herself. But for right now, she's a hoplophobe. She's absolutely terrified of even just the word gun. And I'm sure that Rahm Emanuel will bring up the fact that a New York City police officer was assassinated today. I'm sure that Rahm Emanuel will point to a cop shot in the Bronx, in New York, a 12-year veteran of the New York City Police Department who was sitting in a marked police vehicle in the Bronx, New York, this morning when an assassin, a murderer, came up and shot her in the head, a mother of two, as I said, a 12-year veteran. It's that assassination, yes, deservedly will get attention, but yet the bloodbath on the streets of Chicago will get almost no attention. The bloodbath on the streets of Chicago, which probably could be solved if you had somebody like a, like a Rudy Giuliani going in and putting more boots on the ground in terms of police in the neighborhoods where the problem is occurring. If maybe, 
if maybe we didn't focus on being politically correct all the time when it comes to laws, if I remember the broken window laws in New York City, seem to have a little bit of an effect on crime. And you know what? I hope New York doesn't take steps backwards. Happy to be out of New York right now, but I hope New York does not go backwards. And we see what's happening in Chicago start happening in New York. Friday to Tuesday, 101 shot, 14 dead. What, what is Chicago doing? And at the same time, do you know what the state of Illinois is doing? And I want California and Connecticut and New Jersey all to pay attention. California, Connecticut, New Jersey, and a few others out there. Illinois voted a big state income tax increase. The state income tax was currently uh, 3.75%. And the New York's or the uh, Illinois state legislature said, well, we've got to raise it in order to come up with the billions of dollars we owe because we have overpaid into some of these union pension plans that they knew were unsustainable going forward. But the money has to come from somewhere, so we'll get it from those evil rich people and we'll tax the hell out of everybody else while we're at it. And you've seen the story online, the Illinois state legislator who posted, well, 3.75 to 4.95, that's not that big of an increase. No, it's 32%. No, it's not, he said. It's only 1.2% we're increasing. Herein lies the problem in the politics of my old home state. The legislators are too stupid to figure out basic math. The legislators are too stupid to understand that when you raise 3.75% to 4.95%, it's a 32% increase in the state income tax. But no worries, he'll get reelected. The dope has since pulled down his post. But we'll, we'll have to get into that. You know what? There, there's too much angry news here. I, yes, I will get to Kim Jong-un because there's news on that. And we are, we're trying to get the UN to take action. And if you listen to Glenn, you heard some of the stories there. But there is better news. There is uh, some stupid news that we need to cover. And there's some people who have uh, done things. Uh, they're not, they're not um, Chris Christie stupid, but they are pretty stupid. And yeah, I did say Chris Christie's move was stupid. Um, closing the beaches, closing the parks on the busiest weekend of the year. <laughs> what are you thinking? We'll, we'll get into Christie. We'll get into uh, Kim Jong-un. We'll get into, uh, there, there's, another, there's another dumb story that I need to know where you stand on it. And uh, we'll also have Dr., Dr. Wendy Patrick with us today. Trying to get Billy Hallowell on the phone as well. Uh, the phone number, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I have reached out to a couple of different people to have a discussion about this video that was posted by Representative Clay Higgins out of Louisiana. He's a Republican. And um, I know there's an outcry against it, so hopefully we'll hear back from uh, someone in Clay Higgins' office and we'll we'll hear from maybe from the representative, but uh, also hope that we hear from comic Judy Gold. Maybe, maybe. I know she's not up and doing business this early because, you know, comics work nights and uh, they work late hours. Um, yeah, so I hope uh, I hope we can hear from from Judy. Um, and it looks like, uh, do you remember a libertarian candidate, candidate named Austin Peterson, the guy that we talked to, uh, in the fall, in the summer, actually, he was hoping to score the libertarian nomination, did not ultimately, but I thought he had some good ideas. He's decided he's going to run for the Senate. Um, yeah. The Senate as a Republican in Missouri, and I'd like to hear from him to see what uh, what's on his mind. So uh, stay tuned for that. Maybe maybe in the next half hour we can we can get him. Uh, Austin Peterson was a guy we like I said we had him on the show in the past. An interesting cat. There are um, there's some crazy stories floating around out there too, uh, and I want to share a couple of them with you because. Uh, Florida, anyone, I just need to say that this news comes from Florida and then everybody immediately starts laughing because Florida is the home of apparently every dumb criminal in the world. I know there are, there are some others trying to make it happen. There are some, some people doing dumb things in other states, but Florida, you have such a lead. You are like Joey Chestnut with about a six hot dog lead and and three minutes to go. You're just going to coast and and take it across the finish line. (laughs) I know, it's a disgusting reference, isn't it? 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Uh, But anyway, in Florida, Cedric Jelks, a Jacksonville man, ran straight to the bathroom of a a home, uh, a stranger's home. He stopped his car and ran up and said, Listen, I need your bathroom. He actually did need the bathroom, but not for the reason you might think. Cedric Jelks sat in his Nissan Altima, but he forgot to move the firearm that was sitting in his pants. The firearm shot him in the junk. Yes, well, I know junk is a clinical term, so uh, he shot himself in the penis. And uh, the 38-year-old man uh, got some help as the homeowner said, hold on a second, Uh, we need to get you to the hospital, took him to the hospital. Again, complete stranger who has just shot himself in his most tender vegetation. Taken to the hospital where he underwent surgery. As he came out of surgery, he had some even worse news. Uh, You see, the guy not only shot himself in the junk, 
He had a felony conviction in his past 13 years ago. He had a conviction, a felony conviction, as I said, for cocaine possession. You are not allowed to own a firearm if you have a felony conviction. Legal or not legal. We don't even know. And I'm guessing it was legal because they would have said illegal firearm. But in the possession of a of a felon, it's automatically illegal. So Mr. Jelks not only has the embarrassing moment of shooting himself in the winky, he now faces time behind bars for possessing the firearm that did that horrible thing. Can you imagine you're in your cell? It's the first day in prison and there's Bubba. He's going, what are you in here for? Um... I was involved in a shooting. Oh, you might be thinking this guy's kind of a badass, right? He's involved in a shooting. Tell me about it. Well, I sat on my gun and shot myself in the junk. That's all you need to know. (laughs) That is all you need to know. A Toronto airport. Now, again, I know Canada. I called you out earlier. I'm going to call you out again. A Toronto airport has pulled down an ad campaign because it was insulting. This ad campaign just offended people. It was called disrespectful. And, and they, the airport said, well, you know, you're right. We better take this down. What, what was the offensive content on these posters in this ad campaign at the Billy Bishop Airport in Toronto, Ontario? They were giant posters that said, you are precious cargo, not cattle. That's all it said. You are precious cargo, not cattle. Some snowflake animal rights activist, Len Goldberg, had a beef with the signs. You see what we did there? Had a beef with the signs. He said they were disrespectful to animals. And he launched a relentless social media campaign urging the airport and the the managers of the airport to remove this, get it, remove the campaign. They were taken down. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever, I've been through a few airports. I have yet to see a cow traveling through an airport. I've yet to see a cow that would see the sign And first of all, I've yet to see a cow that reads English. They sees the sign and says, you are precious cargo, not cattle. Come on, people. Come on, Canada. Get your act together. And finally, a Virginia man saw that his water bill was going through the roof. It was three to four times bigger than the last month. So we called and complained. The water company came out. They took a look. The meter's fine. You must have used the water. You owe us the money. What can he do? He pays the bill. The next month, another bill comes in. It's even bigger. The meter's fine. He can't figure it out. He works at home from an office upstairs. And while he's working, he hears the toilet flush. And he goes downstairs, but there's nobody there. Goes back up and goes to work. A few minutes later, the toilet's flushing again. He goes downstairs. The toilet's not. He watches it for a while. He's standing there. Nothing happens. He goes back upstairs. The third time he hears the toilet flush, he comes running down the steps. He sees his cat 
sitting on the toilet seat, flushing the toilet like it's the most fun he's ever had in his life. If you people would just let him use the litter box and not trying to teach him how to use the toilets, you'd save yourself a lot of money. I'm just saying, people. I'm just saying. We'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we've got a guest, a special guest chiming in here in just a second, but I have to remind you, if you have waited, if you've been a slacker, if you're someone who said, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, I want to find out if Relief Factor really works. Look, I've had, because I've told you guys, I ran marriage. And half marathons, endless 10Ks, you do all the training over the years, you get into your late 50s, which I am, and guess what? You have inflammation in your joints from, from all that wearing out of the body parts, and the inflammation causes the pain, and the pain, if you can get rid of the inflammation, the pain will dissipate. I used to take eight of those little green gel caps a day to try and just live a normal life. And I had pain in my knees, my back, my neck, my hips. And then about 12 weeks ago, I started taking Relief Factor. Go there, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. It's all natural. It is fish oil. It is spices like turmeric. So it's not, it's not a drug. Certainly not a, a pharmaceutical, certainly not an over-the-counter medication, and it works for me. It started on day eight. I have not taken any of those little green pills, the gel caps for pain, since day eight. Not a one. Give me a lie detector test. My life has changed. I got my life back. I'm playing golf more. I'm working in the garden more. I'm taking longer walks with the puppy. Get your life back. Check out Relief Factor. The three-week quick start pack is $19.95. Call them, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or just check it out for yourself. Go to relieffactor.com. It seems like an, uh, an, a, a dog's age ago that we were talking about the election. And over the course of the election, you know me and my libertarian roots I want to talk to candidates who don't have affiliations with the party. So in the course of that, I talked with a gentleman named Austin Peterson, who I guess you could say was the runner up in the libertarian quest for that nomination. Uh, and, and I tell you, I liked him. We got to know each other late in the campaign. He was just doing a couple of town halls and I think there was a debate happening And I got a good feeling about the guy. And I read today that Austin Peterson was looking to run for the Senate. So I just pinged him. And look, see what happens? He pings right back and he's on the air. Mr. Peterson, welcome back to Pure Opelka. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. Really appreciate it. 
Well, you know, this is a obviously you're you're running in a state. You're not running on a national campaign. So it is a slightly different focus. But I want people to know that there are there are conservatives out there. Or, and is it fair to call you conservative or can I call you conservatarian? I mean, it's all good. Fiscally conservative, socially get the government out of my dang business. Yeah, I like that. But you you are you're a guy who who was in the libertarian camp, but now to run for the Senate in uh, Missouri, you're going to run as a Republican? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Um, I spent the last two months of my life in a dark, scary room for six hours a day calling thousands and thousands of people who are my supporters. And I asked them all the same question. uh, Which political party do you think I should make this run under to beat Claire McCaskill? And registered libertarians, Republicans, conservatives, independents, and even a few progressive Democrats said, Austin, run as a Republican because we want her out of there and we want more people with ideas like you in the Senate. So uh, I'm really just following the wishes of the people whose you know, hopes and dreams they're, they're placing in me for this campaign. And, you know, the interesting thing here, Austin, is that uh, I, I feel I feel like when, when a libertarian says I'm, I'm going to run as a Republican, there are some people in both camps who cringe. And yet Bernie Sanders is in the Senate and I don't think he's fish nor fowl. I think, I think he's yeah. he he's not a socialist a hundred percent, as as uh, verified by his eight hundred thousand dollar book advance and his three homes. And he's not a Democrat, as evidenced by his own admission that he's not really fond <laughs> of the party. So yeah. I I and I look at people like Rand Paul, who I think lives a libertarian style of life, and I think well, there's hope there. So um, you've, you're feeling good about the initial reaction from the people who supported you on your uh, previous bid? I do. And, you know, I wish I was as good a capitalist as Bernie Sanders because, you know, I live in a, in a, <laughs> a one-bedroom apartment in Kansas City. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that there's an opportunity here for someone who is a pro-life, pro-liberty, pro-constitution candidate. Uh, obviously, I, I come from the Rand Paul school of thinking, uh, you know, very limited government. Um, and most of my the, the impetus, the drive for me to do this came from the fact that you know, the Republicans, they voted 50 times for a clean repeal of Obamacare when Obama was the president. And now it's stalled. So I was uh, just a little exasperated because, you know, it, it kind of gives truth to the old maxim that Republicans run like libertarians and then govern like Democrats. Um, you know, I'm not a part of, the, uh, of any party's establishment. I never have been. I've always been a grassroots upstart, somebody who speaks truth to power uh, and somebody who's willing to say what I believe is true, even if it's not what's popular. Because, I mean, what's popular is not always what's right. And what's right is not always what's popular. And I, I have a certain set of viewpoints that I, I really think embodies American values and, and the American dream. And that's what I'm going to fight for in this campaign all the way to the end. Well, I, I like I like the simplicity of what libertarianism brings to people. And I think sometimes we need to polish it a little bit. And in, when you speak, I sense some of that polish coming out that makes it look like it's not a fringe sort of uh, ideology. And I think that's, that's an important thing for people like me. And I come from the Midwest. I have uh, relatives and friends who live outside of St. Louis, who live in the areas like Creve Coeur and uh, Ladue and, and parts of parts of Missouri that were, are probably home to a lot of Claire McCaskill voters. But I suspect there's some conservatives there, too. 
So how do, yeah, how do you cross that line? Yeah. How do you cross well, you know, that line and get the machine to listen to you? Well, you've really gotten to the heart of it. Well, the machine, I'll tell you this, the beautiful thing about Missouri is that this is an open primary state. So, um, you know, as, as I need to get Republican votes, absolutely. But anybody can vote for me here in the state of Missouri if they want to get involved with my campaign. Anybody who's a registered voter can vote in the Republican primary for me next August. Uh, but in terms of actually winning the election, beating Claire, uh, you can win all the rural districts in Missouri. But if you don't win a single blue district, uh, one of our um, our cities, then you're not going to be able to beat Claire. So I think that a different kind of Republican, like the one that I would be, is someone who can actually penetrate into these into these urban cores, where a typical conservative Republican, someone who isn't going to talk about the issues that I'm going to bring up, things like criminal justice reform civil asset forfeiture and other things like that, uh, I think I can get, I can do very well in these urban, in these urban areas where there are a lot of young people and they're going to be more open to a, again, a more liberty oriented Republican, a different kind of Republican. And that's what I think will bring me victory against Claire next fall. Well, she is someone that the entrenched media on the left seems to like. She's somebody I think uh, they've looked at as potential vice presidential timber in in the 2020 campaigns i don't know if she aspires to that but uh how has the republican party reacted are there any announced republican candidates yet uh there is i think there's just one other person who i don't know very well i haven't haven't read too much on him um they're they're trying to float the current attorney general but i think he's a little reluctant because he just took office uh, but he seems to be a good guy. Um, and so I guess right now you could call me the front runner. But um, uh, there aren't really any other uh, Republicans who have declared. Um, we've done pretty good on fundraising so far. So I think that if I can you know, continue the snowball effect that we're seeing right now after I announce my candidacy, then I can get the, the Republicans on board. Because, again, the type of message that I'm pushing is very much a, a Missouri message, you know, independence, limited government, personal responsibility. That resonates here. I mean, I'm steeped in that tradition. I was born on a farm. I mean, uh, well, actually, I was born in Independence, right? Raised on a farm in Peculiar. Uh, and that's just a short drive from the town called Liberty here in Missouri. So there is a strong tradition of libertarian Republicans here. And I went to Republican meetings, I'll tell you, and I've spoken to them. And like you said, you know, having a, a being able to to put out a libertarian message that doesn't sound fringe resonates with these people, because even Senator Roy Blunt, the Republican, um, uh, the current Republican senator from Missouri, who's uh, who's here, he uh, actually almost lost his reelection, even though Trump won by 19 points here in Missouri. The Trump voters are very anti-establishment. And I'm actually seeing a lot of support from the Trump voters, which I was kind of surprised by because I ran so hard against them when I was going for president. But uh, at this point, it seems as if people really want change. They want someone like me who's anti-establishment, and that's what I bring. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. Well, I, I love the line from independence to peculiar to liberty. <laughs> I, I think, it, I it's, think it's a great bumper sticker, Austin. You might have something. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it's, we'll, a we'll long, it's a long way off, but yet in politics, it goes by in a flash. I hope you will stay in touch with us over the course of this campaign. If people want to find out more about Austin Peterson, if people in Missouri want to learn more, anybody just wants to keep up with you, where's the best place to go? 
Well, you can go to austinforsenate.com. Austin Peterson is my last, Peterson's my last name and it's spelled S-E-N. You can go to austinpeterson.com. It all goes to the same place. Actually, also, if uh, you're interested, you can type in fireclare.net and uh, you'll find an an interesting link there as well. But AP for Liberty on Twitter, uh, that's usually where you can find my handle. But I really appreciate you having me on and I'm grateful and I hope I can earn your listeners' support. Well, I, I think you're a, a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, when Next time we talk, I'd love to do at least monthly updates over the next uh, few months, uh, and you can put Thanks this on lot, your Mike. homework list. Let's talk about how you're going to get some of the big people in Washington, some of the machine people in the GOP side to direct some love your way. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. next time. But th- thank you, yeah, Austin. I appreciate you jumping on so quickly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There he goes, and uh, here we go. We'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just reminding you, if you're looking for something smart on life insurance, uh, we have a new sponsor here who just makes so much sense to me. It's Health IQ. And you can find out more about them at healthiq.com slash blaze or the blaze. Both of them work. If you've ever tried to buy life insurance and they said, okay, tell me about your age and your gender and are you married? But they didn't ask you about the way you live your life and the knowledge you have about a healthy lifestyle. Uh, To me, that's as important as any of that other stuff. Are you mindful of the fact that you shouldn't eat beef for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You shouldn't have bacon milkshakes. You should get out and be active. Maybe you should play golf a few times a week or every day for the past four days. But this is what Health IQ is about. It's a a company that has a mission to give better deals on life insurance based on your general sense of your own health and your responsibility to it. They use science and data to get better rates from life insurance companies, the big ones. I know this because I'm going through it. I have my uh, mini physical this week, and I'll tell you guys what happens on it. But I went through it. I took the test. I had about a 15-minute call with one of their people, and now they quoted me rates based on everything I told them, which was all true. And I'm very happy with it. If you want to know more, you can get the free quote yourself. You can learn about the company. Go to healthiq.com, healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. It really is a, a different way of purchasing life insurance. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very happy they're with us, but I'm even happier with what I've learned in just the last couple of days over this. So I'll keep you posted on that. Also, uh, I would love to say that as I do all the time, that this audience is the smartest audience in the world. And um, I, I, you guys prove it every day. I just got a, an email message from uh, Ted. Ted is in Canada. 
And he said, please don't be angry with all Canadians. Some of us are conservatives and or libertarians who neither voted for Trudeau and his liberals, nor do we support his regime. Interesting use of words. He said, rest assured, the actions of Trudeau and the liberal government do not reflect the views of myself and many, many other Canadians who don't support the liberals' decision, and they're both disgusted and angered. And this is about the Canadian court that has ordered restitution or a gift to Omar Qadir, the terrorist who killed an American soldier, severely wounded and blinded another. He said this is basically a payoff to make the lawsuit go away. And uh, a a wonderful letter, Ted. (laughs) He said, unfortunately, Canada doesn't have the checks and balances of the American government. And we are unfortunately stuck with the British, quote, elect your dictator for four years, (laughs) close quote. So um, these are the kinds of Canadians we need to creep across the border here before we build that wall. When we get back, Dr. Wendy joins us. We're going to talk about this this very case, and we're going to talk about the the representative from Louisiana who posted the video. Was it unethical to take a video at Auschwitz? Was it in bad taste? We'll talk about it next after after the break. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh boy. Well, we tried. We tried. We tried. We tried. We tried to get comedian Judy Gold to jump on the show today. She just sent me a note. I said, hey, if you want to talk about this Auschwitz video, we'll be happy to make room on the program today after we talk to Dr. Wendy. And Judy wrote back, thanks, but I get enough hate mail and death threats. (laughs) I get enough hate mail and death threats. She is hopelessly liberal, but she is also a very funny comedian her name is judy gold and if you follow her on twitter you'll probably not like the things she posts because she just she'll be a a a blue supporter a blue state supporter no matter what but in in a live show she's very funny she's also kind of abrasive to some people we have a lot to cover in the last hour there's much to do if you just missed it we had a, a fascinating discussion with uh, Austin Peterson, who ran as a libertarian candidate for president, but now he's actually going to, he had just announced it, he's hes going to um, make a run at Claire McCaskill. So, we'll see. I'll keep up on Austin Peterson. I, I tend to think he could be a good choice for for Missouri, for that state. You know, they, they tend to pick some interesting characters. Um, and I don't want to delay any longer because she's on the phone. And by the way, if you guys want to join the conversation throughout the day, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. We're talking about a bunch of different issues today. 
The one that I, I dared Judy Gold to come on and talk about is, um, is also the story that I want to talk with our friend Dr. Wendy Patrick about. And if you don't, you, you're saying, Mike, it's Wednesday, and I usually listen on Wednesdays. Who is this Dr. Wendy Patrick? WendyPatrickPhD.com. If you go there, you'll find out. She's an author, a speaker, uh, just a, a really smart person, and, and I, I love having her on the show. Her book, Red Flags, Frenemies, Underminers, and the Ruthless People Out There, and How to Get Rid of Them. Hello. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure. How was your Independence Day? Uh, I spent it at um, Fox News uh, television studios talking about crime. How about you? <laughs> well, I, I, I only managed to wolf down 68 hot dogs. If I could have just gotten those last four or five in, I'd be wearing oh. that mustard yellow belt today. <laughs> what, now, what did you win for downing that many? I didn't down that many. I'd be like, I couldn't <laughs> eat 68 cocktail weenies, much less the, <laughs> the regular hot dog. I, did you watch any of that hot dog eating contest? No, in, intentionally not. Uh, it's very hard to watch those, uh, those contests. Did you? And who won? <laughs> well, please, Joey Chestnut, America's greatest competitive, maybe the world's greatest competitive eater for the 10th I time. I heard it teased a number of times and I didn't watch it. I figured I could hear about it after the fact. <laughs> well, just, just to let you know, we are the greatest country in the world because we produce sports like competitive eating and make it a moneymaker. <laughs> And, I know. He he is impressive if you just want to consider volume. Consider a fourteen pound Thanksgiving turkey. He oh, would have God. eaten it all by himself. The whole thing. Oh boy. I hope In he eats ten like minutes. <laughs> In ten minutes. No. But see, oh, here's gosh. the here's the weird thing. <laughs> We're not oh. talking politics yet, but here's the weird thing. He travels the world eating. And someone else pays for it. Oh, boy. Hopefully, it's, occasionally, he gets something more nutritious than hot dogs. Maybe, well, a, salad one, eating, maybe a salad eating contest next time. Oddly <laughs> enough, there was a guy up on the top shelf. You know, they had a bunch of people competing in this 10-minute win. You only get 10 minutes. He ate 74 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Just oh, let that marinate in your head. But there was a oh, guy boy. from Africa who's now living in America who decided to become a competitive eater. He is the world kale-eating champion. I don't even think I want to know what that means. <laughs> no, have, you've seen kale, that that vegetable that everybody is I now know. putting on oh, okay, everything? Okay, yeah. yeah okay, right. That's, he's that's eating something. more. He's the world kale-eating champ. All right, I can tell oh, Wendy's. Wendy's right. If Wendy could push a button that would give me a little electrical shock to get me back on topic, she'd be standing on it right now. Well, kale, kale is actually very popular where I live in Southern California. So I suppose I can understand that that's uh, become a competitive eating sport as well. Yeah, but I see. I only think two people showed up. <laughs> you know, because... They, I have a great recipe for kale. If you take oh. a, a, a handful of kale and you put it in a pan with a little olive oil, it makes it easier to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> That's good. I thought the so, punchline was going to be something like that, Mike. Something like that. So, Wendy, you know, we, we have the president who's you know about to land in Poland. 
And oddly enough, this story crosses about this representative from Louisiana who who is in Poland as well and shot a cell phone video in Auschwitz. Now, I've never been to Auschwitz. Have you been there? Yes, I have. It is. uh, I imagine it's a very solemn place. It is about as solemn and as sober of an environment as you can imagine. And what what they tweeted out after the fact is exactly that, that this is a place where before you even go in, there's a plaque that says basically uh, silence, mournful silence is appreciated. You talk about a place where silence is golden, silence is mandatory. At least that is the thought um, uh, before you even go in is this is not a place. It's not a television studio is what has been tweeted out. You know, this I don't think that uh, Republican uh, Clay Higgins, I don't think I understand his views. He's very, very tough on national security, very passionate about his position. Nobody can fault him for any of that. What's under fire here is not his views or even uh, the way he expresses them most of the time, but where he did it. Um, The venue was inappropriate, insensitive. That has been the backlash that he has suffered ever since this went viral. Um, you know, the, the the memorial itself is uh, has been very vocal on Twitter, as have a lot of other people. You know, it's interesting you say that and you bring up the, the plaque, because I've seen some folks sent a note to me because I posted the my thoughts on it. I, I thought his words, specifically the beginning and ending, were powerful, but never having yeah. been there and there is a sign that another um, Twitter user sent to me that does say exactly what you just said. You are in a building where the SS murdered thousands of people. Please maintain silence here. Remember their suffering and show. Remember their suffering and show respect for their memory. Now, had the congressman done his narration on the railroad tracks leading up to the building and the gates and then remain silent throughout his walkthrough and then given us outside, again, the closing thoughts, I think he might have gotten away with this. Or, but, you know, the people are going to be unhappy all the time. I, I thought he was respectful. I didn't know about the request to maintain silence. You know, it's an interesting point you make, Mike, because I'll bet there still would have been a significant amount of backlash because he's being accused of posturing and victim exploitation. So the fact that he made his statements in connection with Auschwitz uh, is was going to be a problem anyway. The fact that he did it from an area where mournful silence is expected, not just appreciated, but expected, just compounded the backlash he already probably would have gotten. Now, again, you know, it's, like we always say, you know, mind the venue. Where do you choose to make these proclamations? YouTube videos have allowed us to do it from all over the world. And it's interesting because you've got content and context. The context in which he said what he did is under fire. Perhaps had he done it from Washington, D.C., made the statements he did, obviously he wouldn't have done it there because it was the the whole venue that made it powerful according to uh, his intentions. Um, but that also has gotten him into some trouble. And I guarantee you there are plenty of Congress people and, you know, other politicians uh, around the nation that are taking a lesson from this, because especially when it comes to Fourth of July, summer vacations, you've got people that are going to be all over the world and might see background they think might be a great backdrop 
for political statements that they want to make. But this should be a, a big wake-up call, not that I think a lot of them need wake-up calls in this area. Lots of them have done the same kind of thing. But they've got to be very careful, not only in what they say, but where they say it. Wow. The two, the little phrase there, and this is another reason why I appreciate Dr. Wendy and her clarity on these issues, the phrase content and context. Those are so important and they tie into what we preach on this show regularly, and that is situational awareness. And I, I imagine that sign that's in front of the entrance to uh, Auschwitz also gets reinforced because they don't just open the door and go, come on in, folks. There's usually someone there, a docent of some sort, who will tell you what you're about to see and highlight things so so that that moment can be given the reverence without, you know, someone having to constantly tell you, shh, shh, be quiet. Mike, but, I uh, love the word you just used. I love the word reverence in connection with the site. And I almost can't think, I'm, I'm sure sadly there are other sites around the world that carry this amount of reverence, but it is, this is one of the most somber places on the planet. And, you know, you might, and obviously he selected it because, uh, exactly because of that fact. But on the other hand, it, you're in dangerous territory anytime you go and, and utter political speech, shall we say in a place of reverence such as this. I'm not sure if there was an upside to this. Um, we, he could have expressed his views anywhere, but you're absolutely right. It is probably one of the most sacred spots he could have chosen for the message that he gave. Well, I'm, I'm still going to tell him uh, I, thought, I thought he was respectful. He just violated a rule that I didn't know existed, and that is once he's inside, he should have been silent. Had he done, you know, I, I know it's hindsight is twenty twenty. but had he done just a slightly different turn on this, I think there, but, but as you said, and, and I've speculated too, there would be outrage no matter what this guy does. So no, we'll and you're see. right, Mike, and, and I wonder if the outrage wasn't compounded with some of the things that he, he said in the past. Um, remember his fiery Facebook post where he talked about any suspected Islamist radicals should be hunted, identified, and killed. Do you remember that? Yes, um, I, I, yes I do. Entry into the, yeah, hunt them, identify them, kill them all. It is possible, and also remember that part of the um, criticism in connection with some of the statements had to do with the fact that when he said what he did about suspected terrorists, there was no mention of trials. So you, you wonder whether uh, it got the amount of attention, negative attention, as it did, because it came on the heels of other statements that he'd made that have been subject to some controversy. So in other words, it's not as if this is somebody who's never done or said anything that's been in the public eye in a negative fashion doing it, that maybe didn't know any better. Uh, it was somebody who has a track record, if you will. Now, not a track record in the sense that there's been you know terrible, terrible things that he's done, but there have been other things that he's said that really they're in line with his passion. He's passionate about national security. Nobody can fault him for that. Um, you know, you talk about content and context. Let me use one word that kind of encapsulates all of it. That would be optics. Uh, and people that are this passionate just have to watch the optics and make sure that they express their views that are shared by many other like-minded people in his position, uh, just in a way that is uh, seen as inoffensive in, in, in all contexts. It's always a lesson and always a lesson that uh, I, I thought, OK, I got this one covered. And then in walks Dr. Wendy and turns me <laughs> not completely around 
But you actually pulled back a curtain and brought in more light, which I think is always important, especially in cases You're too like kind, this. Mike, and I always learn something from you as well. You've got great insight on all of these stories. Well, thank you. I have to agree with you. I mean, uh, I'll take the the compliment. Uh, I wish, you know, I wish we had more time, but uh, back on regular schedule Monday, I hope next Monday. Sounds good to me. It's a date. Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com is where you find out about her. And uh, we will see you uh, Monday back in your usual spot. Thanks, Wendy. Sounds good, Mike. Always a pleasure. When we get back, Chelsea Clinton made me laugh. Well, she didn't make me laugh, but many of you, in response to Chelsea Clinton, I am howling. I I don't know if we have enough time left in the show to handle all this, but I'll share it with you just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Suddenly, a lot of activity popping up on the Twitter about the interview we did earlier with uh, Austin Peterson, a former libertarian presidential candidate who's going to run for the Senate against Claire McCaskill in Missouri. He's just announcing it, and uh, I liked him when we talked to him during the the earlier part of the 2016 race. So I, I said, let's ring him up and see what he's doing. We'll try and keep you guys posted on that. I'm not going to spend every damn day talking to the guy. But I thought it was pretty interesting. And uh, I, I think a good libertarian candidate could do well in some of these states with a more independent streak. Apparently, 7 million Democrats who voted for Barack Obama voted for... Donald Trump. So they're out there. They're out there, people. You just have to pay attention. Now, before the break, I teased Chelsea Clinton. (laughs) They're not going to give up, people. The Clintons are not letting go. We are going to hang on and keep pushing. You just keep pushing. It's like when I was being impeached and I just, I, I didn't address the Monica thing. I just kept going forward with my agenda. I got stuff done. Just keep putting Chelsea out there. They'll, they'll forget about it soon enough. They know they want a Clinton somewhere in this, in the White House again. I know that's going to happen. So Chelsea Clinton tries to bash Donald Trump. And this is like everything this woman does. She goes out there and just puts one on the tee and lets everybody on the conservative side of things just start taking a whack at that ball and hitting it over the fence. Chelsea Clinton. (laughs) I start reading this. I start laughing. Chelsea Clinton tweets July 2nd, 1776. Continental Congress votes for independence. July 2nd, 2017. Trump auditions for the World Wrestling Entertainment. And then she links to his tweet and people immediately responded with their own historical perspectives 
For example, July 2nd, 2016, FBI, interview, FBI interviews HRC about classified information and improperly stored and transmitted on bathroom server before bleach bit and smashing with hammers. Well done. Or this one. I love this one. Chelsea Clinton, she tweets about the... Uh, about the uh, about the entire thing with Trump and July 2nd and grip tightly tweets back July 1994 whitewater July 97 monica affair July 98 clinton subpoena July 1999 $90,000 in fine and false testimony need i go on <laughs> but my my favorite tweet <laughs> Matthew tweeted at Chelsea Clinton after she put that out there. July 2nd, 1997, Bill Clinton stains a blue dress. Oh, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. You need to see this story. It's on the blaze. I'll tweet out a link to the whole story. There are more here. They are a riot, and they deserve to be read aloud. I'm just telling you, the Clintons ain't giving up. So enjoy it while you can. We'll see. Maybe we can stop it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. One more quick reminder. Uh, do something now. Don't wait. Don't delay. Get the Relief Factor and get it going. Relief Factor is an all-natural anti-inflammatory that changed my life. Gave me my old life back. I am a guy who ran a lot marathons, 10Ks, half marathons to train for marathons. And as such, I wore out some parts. I was thinking about getting knee replacements. I thought, my gosh, am I going to need a hip replacement? And I'm in my late 50s. And then Brad Staggs goes, try this. I'm going to send you a three-week pack, the three-week quick start pack. And he sent it to me, and I started trying it at home, taking it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's all natural. It's fish oil, it's turmeric, it's, it's not a pharmaceutical package, it's nature. And what it does is reduce the inflammation, which reduces the pain, which gives me my life back. I'm walking, playing golf, I'm out and about, I'm in the garden, I'm taking the puppy for longer walks. No side effects. And I'm not pouring pills into my body, none, none of those green gel caps that I've been taking eight of them a day. Not for, for almost 12 full weeks now. I stopped taking the green gel caps on day eight. And I take it every single day. Quick start pack is nineteen ninety five Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. Check it out. 
Uh, have a few more things to get to today. The phone lines are open, 888-900-3393. You've seen the story we talked about uh, with uh, Representative Clay Higgins of Louisiana. We talked about it with Dr. Wendy Patrick. He was at Auschwitz. He took, the, the way the media is depicting this, he's taking selfies at Auschwitz. Not really. He was narrating his experience at Auschwitz. Now, the, the shot outside with the train tracks, kind of dramatic. The shot outside at the end where he puts his spin on it. I, I thought those were fine. I didn't know there was a sign when you come in that says, please be silent. Now, the silence, if they ask, yes, you should honor that. And there now everyone's posting the sign about the gas chamber being a, a place for respect and respectful silence. But you can vote. Did you think the video was appropriate or inappropriate? Currently, a few of you have vote, voted. I put this up just a little bit ago. 57% say appropriate. 33% say inappropriate. 10% say they can't decide. And uh, I honestly think, as we discussed with Dr. Wendy Patrick, that many people would say, well, you know, it's going to be inappropriate no matter what this guy says, no matter what he says. So if he had been silent inside, I'm sure they still would have had a problem with it. We're also going to post on theblaze.com via the uh, connection to SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music. We're going to post uh, the Austin Peterson interview and whether or not it gets a full uh, article treatment on the blaze. We're going to isolate it because uh, a lot of you, especially those of you in Missouri, need to find out who Austin Peterson is. And we need to keep up on Austin Peterson, too. Uh, this could be a very interesting battle the, the Democrats have 24 Senate seats up for grabs in 2018. It's not too early to start thinking about it. They have 24. I think the GOP has six seats up for grabs. So in places like Missouri, it's not just a, a, a dream to think that maybe, maybe Republicans could actually win back some seats and bring conservatives back into uh, a stronger position of power going ahead for the last two years of the Trump administration. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. There's also a story here that bothered me today. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we talk about schools and how schools are, are being forced to do the um, d politically correct social justice crap. And then the stories like the, the testing, the every student uh, what is it, ESSA test, Every Student Succeeds Act, those psychological profiles are going on. Well, we're not the only ones who are, um, who are foolish about, about our schools. An English religious school for Orthodox Jewish girls who are three to eight years old is facing, facing a push to be closed, to shut them down. The school, again, it's an orthodox school for Jewish kids, girls, eight, three years old to eight years old. So we're talking preschool to the third grade, right? 
And why do you think they want to close them down? Why do you think the UK Office of Standards and Education wants to close down this school? Remember, it's preschool to third grade. According to the reporting on this story, it is, quote, because it does not teach students about gender reassignment or homosexuality. The National Review is covering this. A school for children, preschoolers. Preschool, three years old to eight years old. Preschool, pre-K to third grade. Does not teach students about gender reassignment or homosexuality. And um, th- this to me is just insanity. The... Um, The officials who are considering forcing the school to close say that, um, ironically, the school appears to excel at teaching secular subjects. But they're demanding full exposure to what is known as the fundamental British values. And does that not not seem like uh, you're imposing secular dogma on children? even even considering that imposition, do you know any three-year-olds to eight-year-olds who can fully wrap their heads around the concept of gender reassignment? Does anybody believe that they there are three-year-olds who can understand gender reassignment or homosexuality? I'm sorry, England, you're doing it wrong. If they don't teach it, they're threatening to close the school. And again, if this happens here, we'll we'll know it's over if it happens here. I just think this is just another sign. It's it's like the other story. Okay, Canada, get ready. I'm coming back at you again. Canada, I'm issuing a warning. This story popped over the weekend, over the very long weekend. The the, um, Canadian parent who has demanded that there not be a gender on the child's birth certificate. Why? Because the parent, who is trans, is saying their newborn will be able to decide the sex. I'm not kidding. I I almost started choking on this one. The Canadian parent's name is Corey Dotty. And Corey Dotty, who has a mustache, does not identify as male or female. Corey Dotty is a non-binary trans person and wants the baby to register as gender unknown so when the time comes, the baby can decide his or her own sex. What are we doing, people? Um, We used to declare these types of parents unfit to be parents and say, no, no, that's not how life works. Now, Dottie doesn't even use the pronoun they. And since the child's sex has not been entered into any government records, they want the option. They... They, of course, what a a shock that when the baby was born in November, 
The parent, Cory Dotti, gave birth in a friend's home. I'm sure it was a water bath. You know, one of those trendy things that Ricky Lake did. <sighs> Dottie said, uh, explaining this to the Human Rights Tribunal, because they had a tribunal on this. When I was born, doctors looked at my genitals and made assumptions about who I would be. And those assignments followed me and followed my identification throughout my life. Those assumptions were incorrect. And I ended up having a, to do a lot of adjustments since then. I feel bad for this kid. I feel really badly for this kid. Um, I'm sorry, people. There's two genders, and then there's a tiny percentage of people that have a little bit of both and not enough of neither. And then there's gender dysphoria. But there aren't a basket of genders that you can take your child to when they turn 5 or 10 or 18 and say, Pick one, mommy and daddy. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll pay for it. Not, there are no mommies and daddies anymore. It's crazy time. The story's on the blaze. Trey Goins Phillips put it up yesterday. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Because, just because it'll make you crazy. And you need to ask your friends, your liberal friends. And this is why we arm you with this on the show. Do you think kids should be allowed to pick their gender after they're born or are there genders or is it just something you go to the store and buy? I just, I would love to know who these people are really. And, and do they think, do they go home and laugh at us? Maybe they do. I'm not laughing at them. I actually feel bad for them. I got to step away. Michael Pelka and Pure Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Tomorrow, um, I got a really important story about uh, somebody I met when I was hanging out backstage at a Michael Jackson concert a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was the opening of the Bad Tour. <laughs> uh, that's an obscure tease, but you'll see. You'll see. Be here. You have to be here tomorrow, starting at uh, noon Eastern, or you can catch it late. I also stumbled into something that I thought was pretty darn funny. Uh, I don't watch Big Brother, but you know, during the election, the Big Brother show was happening. It's on now with Julie Chen talking about the people in the house or whatever. It is. I don't watch it, so I don't know. But I did see this little clip about the Big Brother cast learning about the outcome of the election. And I'll just give you a little sample. The second piece of news I have concerns the recent presidential election. So they're all gathered as Julie Chen's about to tell them the news. And they don't know, really. This is good. And with 306 electoral votes, 
the next president of the United States will be Donald Trump. <gasps> no wow. way. Julie, you're joking. No. I leave you with that. Oh, my Goodbye, God. house guests. Oh. What? She's joking. No. No. We got and problems. Can we just stay in here for the next four years? <laughs> right. I'm going to cry again. A reality TV star is our president. A reality TV star is our president, says the reality TV star wannabe. Right? Anybody else pick up on the irony there? Oh, it was so much fun to watch the snowflakes as Julie Chen delivered the news that no, Hillary Clinton did not win the election. <laughs> uh, very good stuff. Very good stuff. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, we have still reached out to um, the gentleman, the congressman, uh, Clay, who who filmed himself at Auschwitz. I don't know if he'll be on with us tomorrow. He might be. And if he is, we'll try and see if he wants to say anything. He may or may not be. He may have been told to keep a low profile right now. Uh, and just a little bit of advice. If you are going to uh, mix your Adderall with your Xanax, um, don't go into the AT&T store and order chicken. That's what happened. A uh, gentleman named Fernando Zamora of Kenosha, Wisconsin, pulled up to the AT&T store in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, and said, uh, I'd like to order some chicken, please. And uh, they told the guy, you know you're at a phone store. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah but I, I need to order some chicken. Yeah, he ended up getting a little time with the cops before his Xanax and Adderall wore off. Before we get out of here, I'm going to leave you with a quote that is attributed attributed to um, Voltaire, but there's always been some question about it. And I think it relates to today. To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.